0: This is Brenton Powers, and you're listening to Dwell on Truth. I want to thank you for tuning in. Today we have a special episode of Dwell on Truth. It's actually the first part of a Bible college class I'm teaching on audiovisuals, sound, and recording. Now, normally on this program, we have a variety of shows from verse-by-verse Bible teaching to live Q&A apologetics shows to just me preaching the gospel— but today, my audience is primarily Christians, Bible college students. I want to just share this with the general public out in Santa Cruz, Monterey Bay area, because there may be someone out there that is interested in learning audiovisual skills. And so I want to start this episode by saying this is brought to you from Brenton Powers Audiovisual Studio in Salinas, California. And if you would like access to more audiovisual training resources, you can email me at Brenton or call 831 594 2633. So contact me or go to dwellontruth.org and you can access a free PowerPoint presentation I made for this class telling my story. As an introduction to this audio ministry class, I shared my testimony, my story, my journey, how God changed my life and you're listening on the radio now. God used radio to change my life. I'm on the radio now so that I can help change other people's lives. We do need our lives to be changed, to be better, and we need God, and we need to be able to hear God's Word. As the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So, I hope that you're blessed today, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. If you're not a Christian, you want to come to Christ, please contact me. I would be more than happy to lead you to Him. Answer any questions or objections you may have that's keeping you from surrendering to him. But I do encourage you, repent and believe the gospel so that you may be saved, come to know God, and enjoy serving him in this life and in his presence forever in heaven. That's what we want for everybody. So, that's why I do what I do. I'm primarily a minister of the gospel who happens to use sound to minister the gospel to more people. So, thank you so much for listening. Without further ado, here is our show for today. Hello, I'm Brenton Powers and you are watching the first class of Audiovisual Sound and Recording at Calvary Chapel Bible College. My name's Brenton Powers and today, since this is the first class We're going to go over introductions. First of all, I'll tell my story. I think it'll help you to know where I'm coming from and where I've gone and where I'm at now so that maybe it'll be an example and encouragement for you where God may guide you. Maybe not, but I hope you're encouraged just to see God's hand in my life. I know I have been as I look back. Now, I would also like to get to know you. So remember, as this class progresses, feel free to post on the uh, discussion board. Make sure to do it at the conclusion. Of the class um, because there is class participation involved. There is an encouragement for all of us to engage with each other, students to students, students to teacher. And I'll be watching all day today your comments and I'll be commenting back. So we'll have some back and forth interaction. So without further ado, I want to give a brief introduction to the class. Hopefully, by now you have seen the syllabus, you've seen the required reading, and you have probably started filing or writing down some questions that you're hoping that this video will answer in your first class. If I'll do my best to anticipate what those questions are, but we're not going to cover everything. You're not going to become a pro audiovisual engineer in 30 minutes. I believe that as we seek the Lord first in His kingdom and His righteousness, He'll give us everything that we need. We'll develop our ears, heads, hearts, and hands to serve the Lord. So with that, let me just back up and give you a better idea of who am I. I've prepared a PowerPoint presentation, and you should be able to download this on Thursday, and I am going to just start walking you through that now. So let's go. Oh, this is fun. Audiovisual stuff. I am an audiovisual technician, but it's not often that I'm presenting the same time as I'm teching. So first of all, where are you at? This is a video intended for Calvary Chapel Bible College in Southern California. I am in Northern California, and my name is Brenton Powers. The name of this class is Audiovisual, Sound, and Recording. Now, there's all kinds of audiovisuals that we can get into, but the two areas where we're going to focus is live, in-person sound for events and secondarily, the recording aspect for capturing, editing, broadcasting, sharing with the world. So, with that, um, let me introduce our uh, theme for today, what I wanted to discuss with you. Of course, this is a Bible college, so I want to start with the Bible. So, we're going to look at the Word. Here we go. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 through 18 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on Him Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. For I ask, have they not heard? Indeed, they have, for their voice has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. That's Romans chapter 10 in the English Standard Version. And here I have um, just some thoughts to share as an introduction. Here in um, Northern California, I was sharing the gospel out at the wharf in Monterey, Fisherman's Wharf. Maybe some of you have been there. I ran across a mother and two children, probably around 12 to 14 years old, two daughters. I'm not sure what country they were from. They're Asian. They're Buddhists. The mother is a Buddhist, and I got to share the gospel with them. And and I said, have you ever heard who died on the cross for you? And they said, no, who? And I was like, that's Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He came from heaven to earth. He lived a sinless life. And then he died on the cross to pay for our sins. And he was buried. And three days later, later, guess what happened? They're like, what? Well, he rose again from the grave. That's how we know he is the Son of God and that he has authority to give us eternal life and can save us, write our names in heaven and where we can be with God forever. Do you ever heard that? Have you ever read the Bible before? They said, no, never heard that, never read the Bible before. So, there are people here in California that have not heard the name Jesus, increasingly so. And so, how shall they hear unless someone preaches? Now, preaching, we can get into, all of the Greek words for preaching and the gospel. But basically, this is a message, as we know, we're Christians. Probably all of you are, as Bible college students, uh, Students, I would hope so. Um, but the gospel is the good news that the world needs to hear. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. And how can we do that? Unless we're sent. Now, God, fortunately, has sent us. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And um, he said, wait until you receive power from the Holy Spirit, and then you will be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So, primarily, we need the power of the Holy Spirit and the call of God to go. But isn't it amazing that God chooses to use human beings to spread the word of God, fallible humans, to tell people one person at a time. Sometimes, I can tell a group of people, like this family. Uh, Sometimes, it turns into a larger crowd, like we do with my ministry, Open Air Campaigners. Now you're wondering, what does this have to do with audio visuals? This is a technical, practical, theoretical class on how sound systems work and how to work with them. Well, I want to start with identifying the purpose for me, why now I love to use audio sound systems for both live, in-person preaching of the gospel, in churches, outreach events. I don't usually bring a megaphone or a loudspeaker out to this streets to talk to people, but God has given us voices. But my journey didn't start with me preaching out on the Monterey Fisherman's Wharf. Uh, I've come a long way, praise the Lord. And I want to share today how God has led me. So first and foremost, I am the teacher of this class. Brenton Powers is my name. If you're one of the 13 students that are enrolled, I hope you stay through to the end. You'll gain some valuable knowledge, skills, and see what the Lord does through your ministry. Sound is very important nowadays, and it will be in the future, I believe. So uh, we're going to look at the syllabus and the aims of the class, the expectations, so you know what to expect, but I want to keep things clear. And then we're going to go over at the end the reading and research and recording that you need to do on a weekly basis. Uh, I want to make sure that I communicate that it's going to be fun That as we get into this, especially in the block class. We'll have some hands-on experience as I teach you and, and train you, and you watch me, and I watch you and we help each other to set up operate tear down a live sound system and then also how to optimize your sound for video production post production podcasts uh, radio shows I do have a radio show called Dwell on Truth as you can see in the logo up on the screen next I want to share that my journey into audio I believe is the lord that led me to use audio the way I do today but it didn't start start that way. I'm going to start my story all the way back in 1977. I was born into a family. Uh, my grandfather was a godly example, and my grandmother as well. But I want to talk about my grandfather, first of all, the heritage that I have of godly grandparents. How many of you have godly grandparents and parents? Um, maybe some of them are, maybe some of them aren't. But I-, I didn't realize what a great heritage I have until later, much later, after my grandfather passed. But he had a big influence on me. We um, found out that he was a preacher. Not only did itinerant ministry, but he also preached and taught the Bible on the radio and in a Christian school. He wrote his um, master's thesis on Christian education, and he led the choirs, girls' and boys' choirs, and had them sing on the radio and at church. And he pastored for a little while, but I don't think he felt his full calling was to be a pastor he was bivocational chicken rancher. Anyway, I don't mean to be giving you too much history. Grandfather always led us in Christmas carols and called us to sing as he did with his students in choirs. And he also preached the word of God. He had us read or he read to us and told us the Christmas story from the Bible, Luke chapter 2, Matthew chapter 1, and so on. So, I I grew up with that example of a grandfather who firmly led his family in the Lord. However, my mom, though she grew up in the church, I did not grow up with her going to church. We didn't make that a habit. So my parents' example were, you could say, lukewarm. And then there was a divorce when I was about three, four years old. At the same time, I had some difficulty with my ears relevant to the audio class. Early, early age of four, I could remember having pain and ringing in my ears because I had an ear infection. Maybe both ears were infected, but it just, it hurt it screamed, I, I screamed and I I had to have medicine to deal with it multiple times. I also remember starting out kindergarten, they did some sort of hearing test, you know, raise your hand if you hear a ringing tone in your right ear. And I was like, I hear ringing constantly. And I couldn't hear the rings that they were producing in the headphones, not all of them. But I don't know what happened, but they said I failed that. I didn't do good, that I have some problems with my ears. And we knew I had some ear infections. So that was a challenge and, um, you know, difficult to start out my my life that way as, as far back as I can remember. Um, but through time, it got better. And I remember another memory I have, as you can see on the slide, it says MJ Thriller. Back in the early 80s, um, Michael Jackson came out with a world famous best selling record called Thriller. And um, by that time, my mother was divorced and remarried. And my stepdad, who is an atheist, um, more raised me than my dad from that point on. And he was into music. Uh, My grandfather was into music. My dad was into music. My dad played trumpet in the band, in the church band, and in college band. And um, my dad would get me into uh, recording and audio um, via when I was about five years old. I went between my dad's and my mom's for that year, and my dad had a sound system. He was staying at his mother's, my grandmother, and um, he had played uh, trumpet and so he brought this sound system home to mess around with the reverb and the microphones and the effects and he handed me a mic and he said say, testing, one, two, three I remember his voice was real grovelly he just kept saying, testing, testing one, two, three, and I was like, dad why are you saying that over and over again he said, well, I'm testing the microphone trying to see how it works, and he says here, hold it, and he said, say, testing one, two, three, so I was like testing, one, two, three, as a four or five-year-olds, maybe six, I don't remember. But that was my first encounter with a sound system. And uh, that sound system uh, my dad would later give to me and my sister as we started a band when I was uh, about 16 years old. So going from hearing with difficulty and ringing in my ears and pain to then my ears feeling better and I was able to listen to Thriller, the Thriller album, I just became I'm enamored with it. And my stepdad had these high quality Sony headphones and a hi fi stereo system at home. You like Michael Jackson's thriller album? Why don't you? sit down at the table with a tablet and listen for all the times that he says, ooh, or ow, or hee-hee. <laughs> you know, there's different sounds he made. Write down how many times he says each of those. He gave me this assignment and listen closely to all of the different parts and encourage me to develop my hearing and pay attention to the quality of the music and, and what was I hearing. That was interesting to me. I kind of became what you might call an audiophile. How do you define an audiophile? What's the difference between an audiophile somebody who likes audio, someone who loves music. I got this from moonaudio.com, moon-audio.com. For the general public, listening to music is about enjoying the song, but audiophiles listen differently. Like a composer, audiophiles listen to the bigger picture as well as the individual parts. They enjoy dissecting the music, putting a work of art under the microscope. They listen to the mix, the tonal balance of all the instruments. While many audiophiles are not themselves trained in music, They listen like composers. They listen more analytically, and their tools must enhance their attention to details. Tools meaning like headphones and speaker systems. If this sounds familiar, then you just might be an audiophile too. The first audiophile was born when a music lover turned up the bass and treble controls on a stereo amplifier while listening to music. That's my origin story of why I got interested in audio. Both my dad and my stepdad and my grandfather had a big influence in what they chose to put into my ears. And just as the scripture that we read, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, it wouldn't be until much later in my life, when I was 16, 17, that the word of God would capture my attention even more than the secular music that I had uh, been captured by. And I use the word captured intentionally. The media you consume can be be captivating. It could take you captive, but as Paul said to the Colossians, don't let anyone take you captive through philosophies that are not according to Christ. If you add music to those philosophies, it can be very persuasive and powerful. Some would say that the devil himself, with his pipes and tendrils or whatever apparatuses he had as one of the archangels, like Michael, that he was some kind of worship leader in heaven, and yet he was lifted up with pride, and he wanted to take the place of God, and so he got kicked out in his rebellion against God. So in my own story, I can definitely see a time when God called me through my grandfather, um, but then through my own problems hearing God's word through the pain and the pleasure of uh, the world, but also my own problems with faith and repentance. I had a very childish understanding of faith as a seven-year-old when I prayed that prayer to accept Jesus into my little heart and was assured that he would never leave to I got to heaven, and then I would see him face to face. Don't remember hearing about repentance, walking with God. So I needed someone to preach the gospel to me again when I was 17, my senior year. I grew up in Santa Cruz, Northern California, very liberal town, very artsy, new agey, very dark spiritually. No one ever shared the gospel with me there, except for my old neighbors with the Good News Club across the street when I was seven. Besides them, it was hard to really find someone who was a Bible thumper. I'd heard they exist, but I never ever been thumped by them. <laughs> anyway, so faith comes by hearing, but how shall they hear without a preacher? So I went through a time of rebellion, and Scripture says, Hebrews chapter 3 and in chapter 4. This verse is repeated over and over. comes from the Psalms. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, the Bible says, divination. It comes from a hard heart, impenitent, unregenerated heart. And I don't think I was really born again when I was seven, just because I said the prayer a couple of times at VBS and the Good News Club. Don't see any fruit of it until much later. But I any case Michael Jackson's thriller thrilled me and I followed that path all the way through the bad album and dangerous was pretty much when I was over Michael Jackson and I got into another kind of music that typified some teenage rebellion and that is rock started pursuing sex drugs and rock and roll very yeah cliche I know but um, started with Nirvana Pearl Jam and this grunge music from the 1990s early 90s like, hey, this is cool. This is powerful. Who knows what it means, but who knows what life means was my attitude. Got into playing drums, our little high school garage band. We played covers of some classic rock, grunge, uh, Metallica, Green Day, um, No Doubt, Smashing Pumpkins. Those were my idols. And I was captivated listening to and breaking down, analyzing like a composer, all of these musical genres and the beat and what makes it, like, kick, you know, when you go from electric guitar just undistorted to suddenly distorted and rocking. I was like, that's cool. And I, when I met a friend who played electric guitar, I was just in awe. And I loved singing along with those groups, and I claimed I didn't really think about what they're saying. I, I, even though I called myself a Christian, I really wasn't living like one, and definitely wasn't letting it influence my choice of music or what I would sing in my conscience. Am I evil? Yes. I am was one of the songs my band and I played in high school. We didn't perform anywhere. It was just in my house with the equipment that I started to accumulate for the purpose of sound. So I was in a teenage state of rebellion, even though compared to some people, I may have looked pretty innocent and, but God knew my heart. Um, has that happened to you? Did you idolize any certain genre of music or artists and model yourself after them, dress like them, act like them, sing like them? I did. And I'm not proud of it, but that love of music, the audiophile side of me kind of followed in the footsteps of other people besides my grandfather, stepfather, father, my sister, older sister. That's her on the right. She's now in a band called Monster on Sunday, and I used to be in a band with her before it was called Monster on Sunday. We I played the drums, and we did Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin cover songs, um, and uh, she wanted to be a rock star. That's what she became in her own atheist hard rock band that she's pioneering. Atheist music. That's a whole nother story. But I looked up to her as a teenager, and I started following in her footsteps. She wrote some dark songs. We only played covers in the band together, and I recorded with a cassette tape. But thankfully, God called me another path. In an art class, again, in my senior year, when I met one of the students who was sharing her faith across the workbench from me with another student. And she shared the gospel in answer to the question, what are you going to do after high school? And her answer was, I don't know, but whatever Jesus leads me to do. I love following him. And the girl was asking questions about it. So she was sharing, like, the purpose of life is to follow Jesus. Jesus is good. Jesus loves me. I love him, and I want to do his will. He knows better for me what my life is supposed to be than I know for myself. So it just makes sense that I want to follow Jesus, And he'll guide me when it's time to leave high school, what I'm supposed to do. But for now, I'm just gonna follow him like a disciple. And I had never heard a lot of these words. She was just boasting in the Lord, as the Bible says, and sharing the gospel, how it made sense uh, that it should impact our lives. I think the girl that she was sharing with and myself had similar thoughts like, well, yeah, it's cool to believe in God. Maybe, you know, I'm a Christian too, sort of, but don't be too extreme or radical or religious. I'm not religious. I have a relationship with Jesus. And I wanted that. I wanted to talk as if I had a relationship with Jesus. But I couldn't say that I did. It was a prayer I prayed when I was seven years old. Here I'm 17. Was I a baby Christian? Was I a carnal Christian? Was I not even a Christian? God knows. God started drawing me that year. Got invited into a discipleship Bible study. And then go to their youth group. And then I found myself going to church on Sunday. That one and the one my dad went to, he moved into town. We started going to his Baptist church, and I went to a Pentecostal church with this girl who was sharing her faith. Thank God for people who share their faith, even if they're not from Calvary Chapel. But praise God that there is Calvary Chapel missionary sharing the gospel in a lot of places in the world, too, as I went on to find out. But first, how God called me was when I was at a youth conference. One of the messages on the secular music of the world— and why it's an idol to some people that you need to just repent of worshiping that idol these albums i ended up burning <laughs> because i felt convicted this is one thing that is keeping me from growing in the lord this music i would find myself writing hateful letters when i would listen to metallica and just the the despair of some of the songs alive comes to mind do i deserve to be alive who answers who answers who knows Very sad Gen X uh, perspective. Everything is meaningless. I didn't know Ecclesiastes. So why am I telling this long story? Music had a profound impact on me from a child, seven years old. And for 10 years, I was brainwashed in it, and I needed to have the truth revealed to me. When I went forward to tell God that I was going to sacrifice this secular music and burn my CDs, I felt this is what God wanted me to do. I went forward, and as I was praying, God, I want to listen to music that glorifies you, not goes against you and rebels against you and blasphemes you. I heard a voice, it wasn't the guy on the stage, saying, I want you to make music to glorify me. It was that clear. Make music to glorify me. This is the voice of God talking to me. I had never heard God speak to me personally in that way. Uh, I had read John 3.16 a hundred times. Every time I opened the Bible, that's the one verse I would read. But now I knew there was a purpose for my life. As I surrendered to that purpose, it was the happiest day of my life. I'm going to live for God's glory, listen to music that glorifies Him, and make music to glorify Him. What a great purpose. And I've never forgotten that call. That was the first thing that God told me He wanted me to do. He would tell me other things. He had a lot of learning to do. So here I was in the fall of 1994. This is the drum set I played when I was in a band with my sister and the rockers from my high school. This was right before I came to the Lord. Hair starting to grow out. I would later grow it down to my neck there. Uh, but that was me skinny kid with the drums keyboard you can kind of see behind me there's a amplifier on top of the rack there it's got multi multiple channels for microphones an EQ uh, reverb and then there's a tape deck below with a big volume knob you can fade in and fade out when you record high fidelity cassettes and I bought this drum set actually my dad helped me buy it to encourage music and I got a microphone stand up above so I learned how to start recording but as God called me to make music to glorify him. I took that as a very clear word from the Lord that I need to do more with than just have that equipment. I started learning about multi track recording and actually bought this recorder with my own money in my, I don't know if it was my senior year or after I graduated and started working a little bit. Well, if, if I'm going to make music to glorify God, then I will quit the band with my sister. And she was not happy about that. She started uh, heaping all kinds of verbal abuse on me, how stupid I was for giving up, you know, the pleasures of the world for for God. What am I going to do? Go live off in a monastery? Oh, it was terrible. I was not prepared for that. Uh, but like the blind man said, I, uh, well, I don't know, but one thing I do know, I once was blind, but now I see. And as for me, I would say, well, I once, you know, heard about God from the book, from our, from old people, but like these teenagers that I met, I now have met Jesus and I've heard from him. He said to make music to glorify him. And your band is not glorifying him, Tally, That's my sister. And so I quit. I'm only going to play music for him. I'm dedicating my drums, keyboard, started learning guitar. I'm going to do that only for him and not for myself. I was doing it very selfishly before just for my own pleasure, but I realized there's a higher purpose for it. And that is for God's pleasure to serve him. That's why I started getting into sound. And so I started... Started listening to my, true to my vow, started listening to Christian music was done with secular music, at least for a while. As it was a stumbling block to me, um, and it still can be uh, if I don't hold it in right perspective. Anyway, this is turning out to be a long video, uh, and we're only at 17 years of age. We've got another 30 years to go, so I don't think I'm going to go this far in depth, but this transition and initiation into Christianity as a teenager, it was radical. I was critical of someone being radical and extreme, it seemed to me, But it made sense. Jesus lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for my sins. He rose from the grave to give us victorious Christian life. And why would I waste it? So, just a couple of things I want to point out on this slide. I started listening to Third Day. That's at the top of the cross there. That's a good substitute for Pearl Jam and the kind of rock I was listening to. Jars of Clay was fascinating. DC talks, Jesus Freak. Great classic song. Still love it. It's down at the bottom of the cross there, there's Expense, None the Richer. That was the first album someone gave me. Or maybe I bought it in the Christian bookstore. I just had it on repeat. Kept flipping that tape over, or was it a CD? I don't remember. Playing with the EQ while I listened to it, would fall asleep to it. Just enamored with the musicality of Christian music. It was good stuff, not like the Striper album that my dad tried to buy for me when I was a kid. Uh, and then we have Phil Wickham and Jeremy Camp, who I became aware of after coming to Calvary Chapel. Um, so, I want to get into that uh, part of my journey, starting with 1996, listening to Calvary Satellite Network, which is now CSN. uh, They call it Christian Satellite Network. But at the time, there was Greg Laurie, Chuck Smith, Raul Reese, Skip Heitzig, Joe Foch, all kinds of great Calvary pastors were on the radio, I just stumbled upon it as I was searching for Christian music. You know, sometimes K-Love was not uh, all that compared to some of the Christian rock that I liked. And I discovered. Praise and worship and Bible teaching on the radio, and being kind of discipled for a few years at this Pentecostal church that these girls invited me to from high school. It was it was special to hear verse by verse teaching every time I would tune in to CSN Radio. I would hear you know this is a ministry of Calvary Chapel and and, uh, hear about all these Calvary Chapels in these faraway cities, Southern California and Oregon and and Philadelphia come to find out when I was in college, Monterey Peninsula College, that there was a Calvary Chapel in our area. And I got to meet someone named Daniel who invited me to Calvary Chapel Monterey. He's like, yeah, there is one here. I go to it. You should come. Told me about the services. I went. I felt right at home there. It was different than the Pentecostal church. A lot less pressure, a lot more focused on Jesus and what he's done for us versus what I need to do for God. I was like kind of legalistic in this challenge me phase of I'm going to prove myself and how devoted I am to the Lord. You know, I was in a Christian rock band. I think I might have skipped over that. Uh 1996, I joined a Christian rock band called Yoke Fellow. I played the drums. I used this multi-track recorder to record our demos, and we did some concerts. Not very many, but we did a tour up in Oregon, and then we did some shows in Monterey and Salinas. And at the Salinas one, New Year's Eve event... I met Lena Brinton. Now, you probably don't know who that is, because that's my wife's maiden name, Lena Brinton. We met because someone thought it would be funny to introduce Lena Brinton to Brenton Powers. Good thing I didn't take her last name. I would be Brenton Brinton. Ha ha. Anyway, so here we are. I'm playing in a Christian punk rock ska alternative band, and Lena doesn't even really like the music, but she loves the Lord. And then I'm going to Calvary Monterey. I run into her a second time on spring break and find out, you know, just what a great girl she is. I like to say, I, I before I went to Bible college, I found the woman of my dreams. Uh, I didn't go to Bible college for that. But anyways, it's through music, through the Lord leading me into this band that I met my future wife. And so, thankfully, I started going to Calvary Monterey. That was back in 1997. It's still our home church today. You know, from Calvary Monterey, serving as as a worship leader in the singles group, I was encouraged just to sit under the Word, grow in grace, grow in faith, grow in the Word. I needed that knowledge, because zeal without knowledge is, is not always a blessing. So, thankfully, people discipled me. I met people who were willing to mentor me, modeled what it looked like to put into practice Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, that God has given pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. I needed to take time to sit and receive the word, uh, be led before trying to lead others. I'm thankful for that, Just pumping the brakes there. While I was there in a college age group, there were some people that went to Calvary Chapel Bible College and came back after semester and told their testimonies of how God was working in their lives. One of them is Pastor Nate Holdridge, who's now the senior pastor of Calvary Monterey. At that time, he was senior pastor's son, Bill Holdridge, and uh, some other students. They encouraged me to go to Bible college. I was like, great. I love listening to CSN all day while I work or while I'm driving, and I hate to get out of the car and stop listening in the middle of a message. I want to listen to God's Word all day. I'm growing so fast. So how do I do that? Well, Bible college would be a great place to go. So I, like you, became a Calvary Chapel Bible college student. There in Murrieta. I waited on the Lord. The first year, I didn't do any drums or bass or guitar or singing on the stage, but just grew in the Lord, um, grew in grace. Jeremy Camp was there that semester, and his first wife saw them walking around the lake there. I lifted weights with Jeremy Camp. I was a skinny little kid, though, so he kind of teased me because <laughs> I couldn't lift as much as him. My dorm steward was also connected with people that did music with Jeremy Camp, and he, so Jeremy would come to our dorm and talk about how they were laying down tracks and layering guitars and how he just loved it. You could see. And when he led worship at the Bible college, I could tell this guy's this guy should be on the radio. He's just got a great voice and good heart. And it was just neat to see God raise up Jeremy Camp there as a worship leader. Anyway, from there, uh, my third semester, I went to Calvary Chapel Bible College Europe. Well, it was in Austria. I grew from being taught by missionaries, although I wasn't open to becoming a missionary unless God clearly called me, but he did uh, on a short-term outreach to Romania, where I got to play guitar. This is the Romanian church's plan. You you play guitar in the center of the city, in this park, in the gazebo. It's like a stage, and people will come, and we'll share the gospel. And I must have played guitar for three or four hours straight, hands hurting, but, you know, the people that were sharing the gospel would come up to us after they led people to Christ, say, oh, we just led another person to Christ. Praise the Lord. Keep playing. People are coming. And I was like, wow, God is using me to glorify Him. Just playing guitar, I don't know how to preach the gospel yet, but they're doing it. We're helping them. It's a beautiful thing. After graduating from Bible college in Murrieta, my fourth semester, went back to Monterey. At that point, I was praying about where He wanted me to go. Three things came together all in 24 hours that I would need as confirmation that I was in God's will. A place to live, a ministry opportunity, and a job that paid so I could be independent and not live at my parents oh by the way I got engaged halfway through Bible college she went with me to Austria to the castle so that was beautiful but anyway back to the story uh after Bible college I went back to my home church they asked me if I would commit to playing bass on the Sunday worship team which also had practices every Saturday and get up super early on Sunday mornings for three or four services in that day playing bass and I grew with some great musicians loved making music to glorify God on the bass whatever instrument I played that seems to be my favorite one in that season. Started with drums, then went to guitar, and then learned the bass, um, and was dabbling in recording, although I never really made anything professional and sold it, just fun demos. So this is my journey. And as I continued at Calvary Monterey, 2001, Pastor Nate was a new pastor, started a college group called The Living Room, but he asked me to be the lead, the worship leader. Got to choose different people to sing with me. Jenny Yap, who's now Jenny Lusko, Sang with me. Very special time before getting married and after getting married, being part of the college group with Pastor Nate. Next, 2002 to 2003, became a missionary in Ukraine. That's a whole nother calling. But for this class, I just want to focus on how God used music to glorify Him. And my experience just kept building, stacking, um, not only playing guitar, but then there was a cajon and a worship band. And I went back and got that for track recorder and brought it over to Ukraine. We recorded some tapes for people to have worship to listen to, in Ukrainian and Russian had some very innovative songs that we would use for outreaches in neighborhoods. Just go and set up a sound system out between these communist block apartments, and there would be children to grandmothers all coming out to see what these Americans are doing with this live music, and others on our missionary team and short-term teams would put on children's festivals and share the gospel, people would come to to Christ and I grew in evangelism there, watching some of my fellow missionaries with Calvary Chapel Nizhin, uh evangelizing. I'm still good friends with them today. And then our third year in Ukraine, Calvary Chapel preluki we came, we went over there, but they didn't need me playing on the worship team. They actually made a couple albums, uh, rockin' albums and one unplugged, um, some new songs in Ukrainian and Russian. Really good, Calvary Chapel Preluki. I don't know if you can find those albums, but I had a YouTube video with several of their songs but it got blocked for whatever reason. Copyright claimed. So I don't know who's claimed these recordings from Ukraine. But anyway, um, I didn't play on the worship team there. My job was cleaning the toilets and mopping the floors and cleaning the toys for the kids' nursery. And uh, I did get to help with evangelism, and I loved doing that. So I put music aside for a season and focused on sharing the gospel and found God using me effectively, fruitfully, but without music in that season. And I did teach one guy how to play the drums. So it's not all about you playing the instruments or me playing the instruments or being on the stage or being in the spotlight. But how does God want to use me? That's the ultimate heart I'm trying to share. It was an adventure seeing God lead me from Monterey to Ukraine for three years and then back to Monterey for a couple of years. And we did a short-term trip to Latvia. This time we had two kids born and uh, God put in our hearts to go back to Eastern Europe, another country country that uh, Russian is a secondary language. Latvian was the primary language. God called us to move there and plant a church. There are still some blogs out there uh, documenting our prayer requests and some of my teaching through the Bible, pastoring, Calvary, Latvia, in the cities of Ogre, Riga, and Indiogava. I had Bible studies and ministered to orphans, would bring the guitar to play for the orphans, sometimes bring the guitar out to the streets. Once I brought an electric guitar out to the streets and a battery-powered, amplifier. Uh, I got to preach the gospel through that amplifier and just grew in boldness in open air evangelism. But that's another story. Point is, I love Calvary Chapel, venturing out in faith, seeing how God would use us. Not sure if I was called to be a pastor, but uh, he desires the work of an overseer, desires a good thing, a noble task wasn't disqualified uh just wasn't sure if it was my calling until trying it for <laughs> 6 years and uh you know the people who knew me best uh were like not sure if you're called to be a senior pastor you're very gifted in other areas but uh very few people saw me as their senior pastor as their pastor but that's okay those who were one to the lord discipled are in ministry now and I wouldn't I don't regret going and stepping out in faith, seeing how the Lord would use not only music, but grow me in my gifts of teaching through the Word. And I'm still doing that today. And I also, speaking of audio, um, this is a sound and recording class. It was in Latvia that I started to give back uh, so many years of listening to the radio. In Latvia, I had the opportunity through a guy in my church who used to be a DJ on the Christian radio station to start my own show. And since there was not any other verse-by-verse teachers, in the country that I knew of, I started a program called Verse by Verse and learned how to edit, learned how to uh, broadcast, and it's not as complicated as you might think if you can do a pre-recorded show. That leads me to jump ahead here. I said we're not going to go through this whole long list, but I want to give you a heads up that I figured out how to record a podcast because I had listened to so many radio shows. I figured out how to create a radio show, and um, teaching the Word was good content that I wanted to put out there. So I want you to do that. I want you to learn how to create an episode of a podcast that could be a radio show. It actually could be aired on my current radio show, which is called Dwell on Truth. And so I want to take, demystify it, walk you through some steps. We're going to do that by the end of this course. You're going to have produced a 15-minute podcast or broadcast, and the best ones that preach the gospel in my to my target audience, I would love to share. So if you could release that in case I decide to air your program on the local secular radio station where I've been given access to preach the gospel every Sunday at 8 a.m. and monthly on a live call. And show. You could be a featured guest, the show that you will produce through taking my class. So, we're going to get into that project really, it's half of your grade. Before that, we're going to go through the process of setting up a live system, and then how to capture things, and then basic editing. Nothing is going to be overly complex. This is introduction to sound and recording, the fundamentals you should be able to get through the book that I've chosen to use as our main textbook. Um, So we'll get into that. This is a huge, long intro. I'm very sorry, guys, but maybe this is an interesting story to some of you. Uh, After church planting in Latvia, We turned over the church and moved to Hungary to teach at CCBCE that was a great culmination and reward uh, where I got to do everything that God had called me and equipped me to do, whether it be evangelism and discipleship, teaching that class, leading students on outreaches to other countries. I oversaw the audiovisuals for both the college and the conference center, raised up a new intern every semester, and uh, had five students that helped with the audiovisual ministry, whether it be slides for worship, audio for devotions and chapel and Cornania and also recording the Bible College classes. Every class had to be recorded, so we got some Zoom recorders and got a system in place. So that was a great way of using both making music to glorify God, teaching the Word, and doing evangelism and outreach and discipleship. Just I loved those two years there, um, but it's a revolving door. And surely, as God called us to go there for a season, He called us to return home. Um, now I've been serving as an audiovisual technician in the Monterey Bay area. Um, And you may ask, what is an audiovisual technician? Uh, The way I would sum it up is conferences, uh, whether it's a business, corporate conference, or some other kind of conference, Christian conferences. Uh, There's a lot of resorts in this area. I worked for the Pebble Beach Company in the production services department, Um, and there was projection systems from small to big to set up. There was sound systems from small to big to be set up and operated and then taken down and put away at the end of each gig. And I worked there for about eight years total of the last nine years. I was laid off for a year due to the pandemic, and I was I quit um, working for that company just over a year ago, but I still do other gigs for other companies and conferences all around the Monterey Bay and San Francisco Bay Area. It has been a way of being a tent maker in the ministry, and so that's what I've been able to do as an audiovisual technician that flowed from overseeing the audiovisual department at CCBC. This is my beautiful family, the Powers. My wife's name is Lena there on the right. My daughter, 18, is Lily in the middle. She's now a Bible college student herself. She's taking uh, two classes Uh, Remotely for term A before she goes on a mission trip to Thailand. And then my youngest son, Sam, there, he's turning 13 very soon. And I have an older son who's not pictured here uh, because he just wasn't with us. He's moved out. He's 20 years old, almost 21. It's neat to see God's hand on our lives, let me tell you. But when the pandemic happened, we're all sent home. This is an interesting story. We were sent home um, from Pebble Beach to shelter in place for two weeks to flatten the curve, as you know. Um, Churches shut down. Um, People were scared. And I remembered when I was in Ukraine... And we would set up a sound system, you know, microphone on a stand, guitar plugged into one or two speakers and would set it up in a neighborhood and people would come hear the gospel. We would do worship and God would be glorified. And I thought, I, I own this type of portable sound system. Um, week one, I was like, Sunday morning, I'm going to worship. Even though church is closed today, I'm going to worship on our uh, front porch and let's live stream it. My friends are in the same boat, started a Facebook thing people tuned in. Praise the Lord. Let's keep worshiping the Lord, even though we're not. The institutional church is has been uh, knocked off of its rails, if you will. Second week, I felt like I need to step it up. I have a sound system. Um, it's totally quiet in the neighborhood. There used to be all kinds of parties every weekend. People with quinceañeras and, uh, would have bands play in my neighbor's houses and backyards, and I had a sound system. I could set it up, and my church was starting to stream and I'll rebroadcast that down my street. One speaker pointed to the south, one speaker pointed to the north, rebroadcast Pastor Nate's message, and I brought my guitar, plugged in, and played some songs, played some songs from my iPhone. Um, no one really stopped. Uh, there was one woman with a stroller pushing her baby. She took out her phone and filmed a little clip and gave me a thumbs up. Some people drove by, gave me a thumbs up, slowed down to listen, and um, but mostly I was doing it for the Lord. You know, I didn't see anybody, but it's like, I'm going to worship the Lord. It's Sunday devoted to the apostles' doctrine, the fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. My wife thought I was crazy. She's, she actually asked me, Don't do it, please. I'm asking you, don't disturb our neighbors. And I was like, I got to do this. One of the few times in life where I said to my wife, I, I know for sure God wants me to do this. Even if you don't want me to do it, I've got to obey God. And uh, that time when I did it, the first time, um, it was a step of faith. At the end of it, my neighbor came came out of her house. She's a widow, the mother of the woman who had strolled by and filmed the video clip. She sent it to her mother, who lives almost directly across the street from us, and her mother was listening through her kitchen window the whole time. Come to find out. She normally goes to church, and she couldn't, and as I was packing things up, she came out across the street and said, thank you so much for doing this. I can't go to church, and this was church for me. Will you do it again next week? And my wife stepped out and gave me a cookies or a drink of water or something like that, and got to hear the testimony of the widow across the street that was encouraged by that. Anyway, that's who I am. Um, I step out in faith when God leads, and when Lily went to check out CCBC in the fall for the experience CCBC to look into going to Bible college there, I went with her and I was like, hey, let's see what God might do. Do you guys need an audiovisual technician? I used to do this at CCBCE, and I'd love to teach uh, here and return to CCBC and so here we are 2024 baby we are back at CCBC let's continue on with the story um, 2020 after developing a sort of front yard drive-in service church in my front yard I prayed God are you calling me to church plant again out of my front yard uh, most of the people who were coming we had a dozen to 20 people coming. Um, Most of them planned to go back to their churches when they would reopen in May. Um, But the bigger churches had a hard time reopening and complying. Um, In our area, most churches just played it safe and stayed home and watched Zoom, did stuff not in person until it was allowed. And so it was great to be able to be agile and pivot quickly within a week to set up what when drive-in services were allowed. I called all my friends and said, hey, come on over for a drive-in service. We're ready to do it. I had a girl singing with me, a guy playing keyboards, uh, someone helping with video, someone helping with sound, invited my neighbors, family. Guest evangelists. Great time. And I thought, maybe the Lord's calling me back into church planting. But no, this is a temporary thing. Um, when people go back to their home churches, as they should. Um, what's God calling me to do? And I prayed. And I've just as clearly as I heard him when I was 17 saying, I want you to make music to glorify me, I heard him again saying, You are an evangelist. I had learned in Latvia that I'm not called to be at least a senior pastor. Um, and I never felt called to be an assistant pastor or associate pastor or youth pastor or any kind of pastor other than go make disciples. So when I went through an identity crisis of back in California, am I still a missionary? What am I? Who am I? Well, I'm a child of God first and foremost, and you need to know that. That's That's got to be m- first. Before your ministry, your service for God, you need to know that He values you whether you do any of that or not. As a son of God, is it enough to be just His son? You uh, You don't have to be a pastor, but he continued to call. You are an evangelist. He did call me to that. So being freed up from my audiovisual career at this point now, after serving that area for six years, almost seven, I didn't have to do that as I was on unemployment. And when money is not an issue, you see what your heart gravitates toward. And for me, it was ministry. I already had been on the local radio show as a guest, and I started my own show called dwell on truth and it was a beautiful thing to see return to full-time ministry it's where my heart had been i've been working toward that the pandemic accelerated it um and so I joined a missionary organization in the US called Open Air Campaigners, OAC USA. And there's a branch here in Northern California. Long story short, I'm still a missionary and evangelist with Open Air Campaigners USA here in the Monterey Bay area, Santa Cruz, um, Monterey, Pacific Grove, Carmel, San Francisco, San Jose, Campbell area. I go and preach the gospel out on the streets using my art to draw people into a conversation and hear the gospel. Love that. When I was baptized at age no, before I was 18, God worked in my life so that I was not only willing to make music to glorify him, but I wanted to use art to glorify him. I got burnt out of art school after 1 year of taking only art classes. I took one music class, filmmaking, stone sculpture, graphic design, painting, printmaking. These classes that were taught by non-Christians. I didn't have I needed a Christian to mentor me. How do you use art for the Lord? So, I got burnt out and became Because I love the radio, uh, listening to the Bible all day, I decided to go to Bible college. So I put down the paintbrush, picked up the Word of God, and during the pandemic, I picked up the paintbrush again and began painting and preaching and using music as part of my radio ministry. Going back to the slideshow, this is turning into a super long video. I'm very sorry, guys. Lest you think I'm just all about audio visuals and art and my talents and my gifts, using them for the Lord, I I was encouraged by something that Jeremy Camp said in a video I watched yesterday. He said, I'm a minister of the gospel who happens to play music. Playing music doesn't define him, though most people identify him with his music. He's primarily a minister of the gospel, and he uses music for that purpose, for that mission, for that ministry. That is how I want to use music and sound and recording as a ministry. So this is a ministry class. This is a practical Christian ministry that is every church needs someone who knows how to operate a sound system, how to at least set it up if it's a basic small church? Um, I don't know how some churches do it with just one person having set it up in the past and they just turn it on every week without someone operating it. I think so. it would be a great blessing if your church doesn't have a sound person to learn how to operate it and make it better and tune things to each part of the service and for the live feed to sound good. And there's so much that you could do to benefit not only people in the church, but also reaching the world and just bringing glory to God. Not just sitting in church, but having something to do to help you pay attention to the Word, but it's a privilege to serve Him. This is Brenton Powers. I want to thank you for tuning in to Dwell on Truth. I shared my testimony, my story, my journey, the first part of a Bible college class I'm teaching on audiovisuals, sound, and recording how God changed my life. And you're listening on the radio now. God used radio to change my life. I'm on the radio now so that I can help change other people's lives. We do need our lives to be changed, to be better. And we need God. And we need to be able to hear God's word. As the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I'm primarily a minister. Minister of the gospel who happens to use sound to minister the gospel to more people. Just me preaching the gospel. I want to just share this with the general public out in Santa Cruz, Monterey Bay area, because there may be someone out there that is interested in learning. So, I hope that you're blessed today, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. If you're not a Christian, you want to come to Christ, please contact me. I would be more than happy to lead you to Him answer any questions or objections you may have that's keeping you from surrendering to him. But I do encourage you, repent and believe the gospel so that you may be saved, come to know God, and enjoy serving him in this life and in his presence forever in heaven. That's what we want for everybody. So, that's why I do what I do. you can email me at brentonav, that's spelled B-R-E-N-T-E-N-A-V, at gmail.com, brentonav at gmail.com, or call 831-594-2633. That's 831-594-2633. So contact me or go to dwellontruth.org, and you can access a free PowerPoint presentation I made for this class with pictures and slides. So thank you so much for listening today.